Kent. Good morning. It is a, a pleasure to be here from South Florida. Yeah. yeah. Trying to show some fashion to all of you folks from Alabama, but I'm not sure it's appreciated. <laughs> I, have, I have lost my presentation here. Caroline, would you pay a visit to me on the platform for just a second? <laughs> Thank you. Well, I, I'm a little overwhelmed, to be honest, with the opportunity just to, to share. Uh, emotionally overwhelmed. Uh, Bart is the one single person that I can say has been there every day of my life, my entire life. And that uh, really... His faithfulness in my life has just been such an amazing gift. In many ways, Bart has been the front runner. And uh, he's just, I followed him to college, followed him to seminary. And in, in, in many ways, just his faithfulness as a gift from God to me personally is, is difficult to describe. I would say since the advent of cell phones. We were pretty old when cell phones came around already, but uh, with, with uh, cell phones, we talk almost every day. And I, one, one particular moment in our friendship, Bart was a, a senior in college at Oklahoma Baptist University, and I came out to Shawnee as a freshman. And in all honesty, I really wasn't I just wasn't ready for college. I, I'm not sure I had ever read a book in its entirety. <laughs> I couldn't really write a paper. My, my, uh, my uh, advisor my freshman year was an English professor, and he tutored me through that first year to help me survive and Bart literally just, in every way, discipled me, mentored me, helped me write papers, wrote my papers, <laughs> really carried me. And uh, there have only been one or two exceptions to that. Uh, I found my wife before Bart found Kathy. And tragically, Bart would join us on our dates. So we actually found Kathy so he wouldn't join us on our dates. And actually, uh, if, my, if my wife were here, she would tell stories about just telling Bart, you know it's Kathy that you want to be with, that you're meant to be with. Let's get on with this. And um, I'm grateful to be here to celebrate. I did some research, Bart, in preparation for this, this message um, through Lifeway, Southern Baptist, 
Barna Research, and Fuller Seminary. And they gave pages of statistics about pastors. Uh, 84% of pastors say that they're on call for 24 hours a day. 80% expect conflict in their church. <laughs> I think that number is actually 100. I think the other 20% <laughs> were just lying. 54% find the role of pastor frequently overwhelming. 53% are often concerned about their family's financial security. 48% often feel the demands of ministry are more than they can handle. I, I just start to read these statistics, and I'm, I'm not going to read all three pages because I think by the time I get to the end, we'd, we'd just be depressed. We <laughs> think... I just read those few to highlight for you that uh, it's a difficult position. In fact, the one statistic that really grabbed my attention is, according to these surveys, only one in ten pastors will actually retire as a pastor. Bart, I think that means the other nine out of ten are smarter than you and I are. They, they figured out what we were having a little trouble figuring out. But there were some statistics on here that I think you are an exception to. In fact, there are quite a, quite a few. Um, 80% in pastoral ministry believe that the ministry has negative, negatively affected their families. I think that you are a happy exception to that. 70% report that, that they have a lower self-image now. And we all know that your self Image is <laughs> impenetrable. Seventy percent do not have someone they consider to be a close friend. You have Kathy, you have me, and I think you have a lot of close friends. Many of us here who love you and many that could not be here. Uh, this one for sure you're an exception to. Over 50% of pastors are unhealthy, overweight, and do not exercise. You do exercise. The only pastor I know that on a Sunday when he's preaching will go out and run a half marathon before the, the service in the mornings. I want to celebrate, Bart, God's faithfulness in your life and your faithfulness in ministry because truly 40 years in ministry is so unusual. It's, it's a faithfulness to be celebrated. And I want to share 1 Thessalonians 5 verses 12 through 22, uh, a message that I've entitled, A Culture of Fullness. And what I want to do is I just want to pray, and then I want to share the scripture. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, as we open your word and, and just seek to be encouraged and strengthened, I pray for the help of your Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord, that we would be able to understand and to respond in faith through the ministry of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 12. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. 
See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, but test everything, hold fast to what is good, abstain from every form of evil. We come to this passage that concludes the book of 1 Thessalonians, and we're not sure really what to do with it. What is the theme that holds these, these bullet points together for the Apostle Paul? The book of 1 Thessalonians is, uh, is interesting. If it were a movie, you might, you might call it a failure to launch. Uh, they, they were having issues understanding the second coming of Christ, and uh, that had led to some inactivity and ceasing from work and a number of a number of ideas that were inconsistent with the Christian life. And so Paul brings some correction and, and just, just celebrates the work of the gospel in their community. And as he's closing out this letter, I have this picture of uh, a mom and a dad standing at the door, sending out an adult child for the first time. They're going out on their own. They're leaving home. And it's just this series of, you know, don't forget to do this. Remember to do this. Remember to call. Remember to write. Remember to email. Uh, remember to brush your teeth. Choose friends wisely. Make wise choices. Honor the Lord with your life. There's a sense in which Paul is just, laying out some community directives here as he closes out the letter. And you could describe it as Paul is, is jealous to protect the culture of the church. And I, and I think this, this picture of a mom and dad sending out a child is accurate because Paul himself, earlier in the book of 1 Thessalonians, uses the metaphor of a mother to describe his relationship. Uh, with those in the church. And then he again uses the metaphor of a father. He says, I, I was like you. I, I was like a nursing mom with you. I was, I was like a father exhorting his children, admonishing you. And that's, that's what Paul is doing here. He's protecting the culture because some things destroy culture. There are some things that are just culture breakers. And you see them here. Dishonoring your leaders will eat away at a church and a community. The, uh, I think what these surveys that I just briefly referenced reveal is that there's a disparity between expectations placed upon a leader and reality, what they're able to fulfill. And it's, it, there's always a temptation. There's always an opportunity to, to bring down a leader, to, to criticize. And that is often the enemy's plan because it erodes confidence, not just in that leader, but in the church and in the community and in everything that's going on. Fullness, I think you've, you've done a beautiful job of supporting your leaders here. 
Uh, he lists some other things, unrest, infighting, vin, uh, vindictiveness, grumble, grumbling, prayerlessness, ingratitude. These are my words summarizing some of the things that Paul's addressing, quenching the work of the Spirit, recklessness or a lack of discernment, unchecked evil. All of these things are, are things that I think Paul is saying, okay, let's listen as I close out. These are really important. Remember this. And it it provides a context for us to say this morning, fullness, what is your culture? And I am so encouraged by what I see here. I think the celebration of God's faithfulness in Bart's life is a celebration of this church, right? A celebration of everything that this church is about. Uh, one of my mentors would tell me, Brian, you set the culture of the church more than any other person. And I think you are a reflection of God's grace on, uh, on Bart's life. So what I want to do is just move quickly through this passage and start by summarizing just some of the things that Paul's saying. The first one is this, respect your leaders. Um, and I look at this church, Bart, and your leadership, and it really is incredible. In, in South Florida, where we're at, We've just done some studies on churches planted in the last 15 years. And we've been, we've been somewhat dismayed by the amount of failure and how few of those churches are still, still remaining. Planting, founding this church, growing to sustainability, acquiring a property, acquiring this property. This property is debt-free Healthy eldership, which is really a strength of this church. Wonderful leadership team. Sending forth missionaries. Uh, this church is known for quality, excellence, health, bi excuse me, biblical integrity, fullness of the spirit, all around health. Um, great worship. And you, you know how to have fun. You love well, you help others a lot, you eat a lot. I don't think I ever show up where there's some, some, not some kind of food going on, being served. All of this is happening because of God's grace on this amazing fellowship, and it's so wonderful to celebrate. Paul says, respect your leaders. Um, fullness, I just commend you for your support for Bart and Kathy and for the leaders here. Secondly, Paul says, just get along. And really, in some ways, this is a theme. Be at peace among yourselves. He continues, patiently diagnose and help one another. Now, this is an interesting verse. These two verses, he says, we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. He actually gives three categories of people here, and he gives a different direction for each category. There, there are those that are idle, and, and they need a certain kind of uh, uh, help, right? And then there are those that are discouraged. They're faint-hearted. They want to give up. They need something completely different. And then there are the weak who, who yet need a different, different form of grace. And Paul says, listen... Be patient with everybody. Don't come in just with a heavy hand, but patiently diagnose and help and apply. And I, I, th that is so much a characteristic part of your leadership. 
Um, there's, a, there's a tremendous uh, wisdom in your life, and frequently I will call you and say, hey, I've got this situation, what do I need to do? Sometimes you say, just do what Beth wants you to do and stop calling me. And then other times uh, it'll be pastoral and you'll encourage me and help me. And that grace is certainly reflected in your life. Paul continues, very important, he says, root out vindictiveness. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to, go, to do good to one another and to everyone. And I, I think that this is a massive issue for the church. That in today's church, in our society, people come and go, leaders come and go, people start ministries, they start churches, they, all of those decisions impact us, impact fullness, impact Riverside where I'm at. Just recently, we had a, uh, an executive pastor of our church for 15 years, long-term member, in good standing, staff member, went out, started a church, uh, I'm sorry, uh, took over a church that was in failure and, and did a bit of a relaunch. And about, I don't know, 40, 50 people from Riverside went out, churches passed the test. But sometimes, if we can be honest, these things don't go well, they don't. And then it gets ugly, and then... God forbid we get vindictive. You have done amazingly well in this category. Bart, I just commend you. Now, Bart, it's not that Bart could never be vindictive. There have been moments in my life. Some of you know that when we were single, we backpacked through Europe. Uh, we were at seminary and we took a summer and we went through Europe and Backpacking with Bart uh, or taking a trip, it's really wonderful because you don't have to make a decision. He'll make them all for you. <laughs> uh, we're going to stay here. Hey, do you think we should stay here or here? I, I think here. No, no, we're going to stay here. Okay, I'm glad, glad you asked me. Um, on one occasion in Italy, uh, my, my favorite, most memorable time, it's so silly, but uh, Bart had a couple of encounters with buses in Italy. One in particular where we're waiting for the bus, the bus stops, and the front door opens, and Bart goes to get on the bus. And uh, as he steps onto the bus, the door shuts on him. And so he steps back, and the driver's sitting right there looking at, at Bart, and I'm staying behind him, and Bart looks around. He steps back onto the bus, the door shuts on him, he steps back, he looks... He steps in. Now, this is one of the things about Bart. He never gives up. <laughs> so he's just over and over. And this scene, finally, in frustration, he yells at the Italian bus driver. Like, well, what are you doing? Why are you doing this to me? Then, in Italian, the bus driver yells back at him. They begin to have a conversation, one in English, one in Italian. Until finally we discover he's going in the exit. And that we're supposed to enter at the center of the bus. A couple days later, still in Italy, we're standing at the bus stop. I'm quizzing him. Hey, you think you're okay now? You think you can get on the bus, get off the bus? And Bart is reading our 
our Europe Bible. You know, we had, okay, no internet, no cell phones, and we had Europe on $10 a day, and we're reading this, uh, and so he's, he's making all the decisions and reading the dictionary, and a bus flies by right in our lane and casts a shadow on us, and somehow Bart, <laughs> in that moment, he thinks the bus is coming up on the curb. And so he does like a drop and roll. Uh, Europe on $10 a day goes flying, and I'm standing there like, what is wrong with you? Now, this is the way Bart works. As only he can do, he stands up and rehearses unbroken every dumb thing I've ever done in my whole life. And it went on for a while, but I, <laughs> I knew in that moment I had the upper hand. You looked really stupid rolling around the ground. Uh, but typically not vindictive. Paul continues. Personal spiritual health. Call this the always triad. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Now, this is interesting. I've been, the last couple of years, I've been a little fascinated with the threes in the Bible. So 2 Corinthians 13, 14 is one of the great verses on the Trinity, and uh, it states, uh, it's, it's a benediction, and there Paul says, may the, may the grace of the Son, the love of God, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Spirit be with you all. And I spent some time just meditating on that verse, how, how it identifies the work of the Trinity in our lives. And, and John Owen wrote a whole book on it, Communion with the Triune God, which is amazing. Of course, then there's faith, hope, and love. We see those. We actually see that twice in the book of 1 Thessalonians. But here, this is, this is a trilogy, a triad that has to do with the inner life. Enters a rhythm of grace in the soul. That you and I, there, there are just a few things that we're to be doing all the time. We're to never stop doing and in every circumstance. We're, we're to pray, we're to rejoice, and we're to give thanks. And, and honestly, I, I find that they, they complement each other in a way where sometimes I just I lose my joy. I lose joy in ministry. I lose joy in life. I lose joy in pretty much any and every role that God's called me to. And it's a temptation to get discouraged for all of us. And, and, and there's an invitation in that moment, rather than just allow ourselves to be deeply embedded in self-pity or discouragement or hopelessness, hopelessness to, to grab a hold of the hope that is ours in the gospel by just saying, Lord, would you help me? Um, Lord, I'm not grateful right now. And so Paul is, he's, he's really, he's giving these, these quick reminders. This is who you are, and this is how I want you to live. He continues, walk in the Spirit. Fullness, you've done this well. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast to that which is good. And then he ends with abstain from every form of evil. Faithfulness, friends, is just so rare. 
I am a part of a movement in South Florida, two, three hundred churches coming together in unity. It's a beautiful movement called Church United. I've been asked to play a role of providing care for pastors. So it's something I do in addition to my role at Riverside, working with a team there. It's, a, it's an incredible honor and privilege. But this movement was birthed in a 12-month period when six high-profile pastors fell to immorality, one pastoring a church of 15,000, the other with a public media ministry, probably the two best-known pastors in the county where I pastor. And we, we sometimes lose sight of how wonderful it is when someone's steadfast, faithful, reliable, true to God, true to his or her spouse, and what a gift that is, how it helps us to build a culture that honors, that honors God. Um, Bart, I'm really grateful for your life, for God's grace in your life, for your faithfulness. So grateful for this church. Um, and I thought, but the elders are going to come in a minute, and they're going to close the service. And I thought, you know what, I'm, I was going to end at verse 22, but let me just share these verses because I think it's, it's a fitting way for us to just close out the message where Paul, very next thing Paul writes is, is something that, that calls our attention to the fact that it's actually God doing this in us. And so Paul writes, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. And my encouragement to you as a church and Bart to you is remain faithful and let's see God do amazing things. Amen. Amen. Elders, please come and lead us. Thank you, Brian. Bless you. My guys. So it is, it's a great privilege for me and, and an incredible honor to represent our elders and to just say a few words uh, before we, we close our service. And so I just want to start to share a couple quick memories about BART and then uh, a couple brief scriptures, and then I'm going to turn it over to TV to pray, I believe. It's a little surprise coming, right, TV? All right. So um, my first memory of BART, believe it or not, was um, when I was a teenager in church. BART was, uh, he came home from college, and he was playing the piano and singing a song by Dallas Holm. Um, and it was in 40 years ago, 1979, the number one song in America, Christian song, was, any guesses, Dallas Holm? Rise Again. And so that's what's song in 1979. The number two song, interestingly, was the Imperials Praise the Lord, which was a great song too. But uh, anyways, I remember, Bart, you, you playing on the piano, and I was, you know, it was a moving song, but I was really moved, even as a teenager, during that worship time. 
Um, fast forward a few years, I had never met Bart personally until 1990. So I'm not sure exactly when that was when he was singing in church. It may have been 1980 or 81. But um, in, in 1990 at um, Wendy's brother's wedding, um, I met Bart and Kathy for the first time. And, and it was a strange meeting because um, I remember meeting Bart and it was just like I, it was like this connection that happened in the spirit that I can't even explain. It was like I felt it. And, but I was like, that was strange. I don't know Bart, but yet we met him, Jared. Uh, I don't know where Jared is. I think he's here. Jared was just a young baby, a few weeks old. And so uh, fast forward to 1991, which was just a year later, um, through a time of tremendous change, um, Bart um, shares the story how he was, I believe, teaching at the time in seminary and had a dream about flying to Birmingham, and he was getting on a plane and he had all of his books from seminary. He really wanted to be a seminary professor, and he couldn't hold all of his books. They kept falling out of his hands as he was trying to get on the plane with last call, and he was trying to get on the plane, and he had to leave the books behind. And little did we know that God was calling him here. In that same year, we were transferred from South Florida uh, with AT&T, and so uh, we met again, and sh shortly two years later, we went to start the church. Now, an interesting little story. I remember sitting in Bart's living room with Larry, and um, Bart had already talked to Larry some about uh, the church idea, and um, Bart goes, I believe we're going to start a church. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Uh, who's going to be the pastor? Because <laughs> I'd only known Bart as a music minister, and he goes, I believe God's calling me to be a pastor. I'm like, well, that's great. Let's do it. So that was 1993. Just a few little stories, and I just wanted to share that little background. Um, one of Bart's favorite verses, um, we used to have a banner. It's Second Chronicles 16.9, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. And I just want to say that I believe that's true of Bart. It's not that he just loves that verse, but he also has experienced that verse. And I just want to encourage everyone here that God looks at your heart. And when God sees your heart, he will choose to show himself strong on your behalf, but also weave it into a much greater tapestry of how it affects others and the kingdom of God throughout the whole world. And when you do that, he takes care of the details. So I just wanted to encourage you, Bart, in that for your faithfulness, for Really coming up on 27 years here at Fullness, 29 years in Birmingham, and of course 40 years in ministry. And I want to end with this verse. Now, Bart quoted this verse last week. Brian quoted it this morning, and that's 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Give thanks in every circumstance, for this is God's will for you. And I just want to say thanks to Bart. Um, you know, thank you. Um, thank you for being a friend. Now, um, that's a privilege. Now, you know, Moses was known as a friend of God, and Jesus wanted to know his disciples as friends, not just, you know, just the disciples. And so it's a privilege when someone's a friend. And I believe Bart's a friend of all of us and so many others. He really, he's not the typical pastor who has that sort of separation, you know. You're there and he's here. 
he wants to be known by, uh, by himself and us and, and be friends. And so I just thank you for that. I want to thank you, Bart, for how you've let God use your love of, of study to study the word of God. Um, people, we need sound doctrine. We need people who will tell us the truth in love. And Bart has done that. He shared how when he approaches a difficult passage of Scripture, how he takes a lot of time to make sure he knows it's going to be offensive to us in our culture and tries so hard not to beat us over the head with that truth, but also to give us the truth in a way that we'll receive it. Um, he really studies the, the Word and is, and is true to the Word. And so I want to thank you, Bart, for that. You're a great pastor. Um, but when God shows himself strong, you know, what more do you need, right? So um, I just want to thank him for that. And 40 years, it's a great, great time. But I, I do believe, as Jack was saying, I, think the, I believe the best are yet to come. The best years are yet to come. And the fruit will be born in so many people's lives around the world. So with that, we honor you, bless you, thank you. I hand it over to TV. <clears throat> I heard that you were hurting, that you were suffering pain, but I didn't dare just turn my head and look the other way. For when your heart is aching, our hearts are aching too. So let us help you share your burdens. That's the least that we can do. We'll be standing in the gap for you. Just remember someone somewhere is praying for you, calling out your name, praying for your strength. I'll be standing in the gap for you. And right now you may be troubled, but everything will work out fine. For the Spirit knows before you speak what is on your heart and mind. But we'll be interceding until you're strong again. Peace that passes understanding is going to be yours. But until then, we'll be standing in the gap for you. Just remember someone somewhere is praying for you. Calling out your name, praying for your strength. We'll be standing in the gap for you. So hang on, my friend. It won't be long. You'll find the strength to carry on. For when two or three are walking together, it will be a much lighter load. For isn't that a word, a brother? Come on, y'all. And a church of four will be standing in the gap for you. Pastor, 
Just remember someone somewhere. Kathy, we're praying for you. Adam, calling out your name. Jared, we'll be praying for your strength. We'll be standing in the gap for you. We'll be standing in the gap for you. Caleb, just remember someone, somewhere. Annalise, we're praying for you. Olivia, calling out your name. Praying for your strength. Sarah, we'll be standing in gap for you. You too, Leo. So hang on, my friend. It won't be long. You'll find the strength to carry on. So when two or three are walking together, it will be a much lighter load. For isn't that what a brother and a sister are for? Sophie, we're praying for you too. we're dismissed love on them let them know you'll be praying for them give them words of encouragement if anybody want to add something to the bucket help yourself